Hey friends, welcome to Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy. This is Kirk Henderson, Editor-in-Chief of Mavs. Finished recording a pod with Josh, um, then realized my phone was at 6%, so I had to charge. Uh, it's really a good way to go. Um, just setting some expectations early. I don't want to do this for like an hour. Um, I'm, I love y'all, but that game sucked. It kind of took the air. Uh, whatever, like, you know, hot air was in my sails and just kind of shoved it away. Um, for those of you who might have missed the game, uh, the Mavericks got, uh, I don't know, they got their asses kicked again. It's like the third or fourth really bad loss in 19 games. Um, what this says to me, and no one's going to want to hear this, but the win expectations on the Mavericks being worse than their record, we have 19 games. This is a team that, that as they're playing now, isn't going to be good enough. Um, maybe the West is this much of a, a mess, but I don't think it's possible for them to go all 81 games with a negative point differential and be top five in the West. I suppose they could always make history that way. Um, so, yeah, let's come up on stage. Uh, remember the rules. Uh, rules. There are no rules in therapy. Just remember to unmute yourself when you come up. That's the easiest thing. Uh, and we will see what's happening um, when, uh, you know, with, with takes and thoughts and questions. All right. Okay. Savas, what's up? You're first on the list because you were, uh, you are our, our first requester. Yeah. Hey, Kurt. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to point out the Mavs. This is the second game in a row that we've given up 60 points in the paint. Uh, and tonight we were, we were out rebounded by 15. So, I mean, I think the answer is pretty clear what we need, right? I mean, it's a big other than, you know, Kristaps. We need someone who's better than Willie Cauley Stein, uh, better than Dwight Powell and better than Moses Brown. I'm glad that we got to see Moses Brown, but clearly he needs, you know, he needs to work on his game. So, well, I mean, I, what, I mean, focusing on the bigs is is probably the most immediate thing, but it's like what this team needs and has been, this has been the thing for two years. They need, and this is a wild concept. So Mark Cuban, if you're listening to me, I want you to listen closely. What the Mavericks need are better players. I'm going to say it again. They need better players, not just one position group. They need better wings, they need better bigs, and they need one more ball handler who's pretty good. Brunson, this was a tough game for him. He always struggles with length unless he's getting volume shot opportunities, and that's just not always going to be the case. But, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but the last, like, two or three times I've talked on here, you know, I've just been bringing up Mark Cuban and, how frustrating he is. But yeah, we need another ball handler. Like you said, I mean, Jalen Brunson, he just could not get to the rim tonight. I mean, nobody could. The two point shooting was hilarious. Like Luca was two of 10 from, from two point. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were just awful. No one's making shots. Reggie Bullock. I know that you keep saying that his stats look better starting in December. (laughs) We got, we got one more game. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I'm being optimistic, even though this isn't optimistic at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, so hopefully we get to see something better. But at this point, I'm ready to say that this team just sucks. And also, I'm just really impressed by Cuban making Luka Doncic a team with Luka freaking Doncic, making it, making him look, making him make the team look so boring and unwatchable. I mean, it's just incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a, you know, Josh and I just recorded a post game pod and it's like, I don't even know where to place the main source of frustration because part of why, like in our site got a little bit excoriated by the Mavericks after the the Clippers win, um, where we ran an article that kicked the crap out of Jason Kidd. And part of me is just like, like, if kid is the main factor of change here, how much can he be at fault if you're running back like seven of the same eight rotation dudes? Um, I just don't know. Like it's all of it put together. You know, it's Luca not being in the best of shape and, and 
you know, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to kill him on it. And I know the Slovenian people don't like it when I do this, but I'm sorry. Like I watched video of him two like two years ago yesterday was when he went on that crazy run against the, the Rockets in Houston to just break their backs. And he looks physically like a different player. Now he, he just looks like late stage Rob Gronkowski. And it's a little painful for me. Then there's these wings, none of whom can hit a shot. And it's like, it, it feels almost like it's like a disease where, you know, Tim Hardaway, I could have my math wrong, but I think over the last seven games, he's 30 from nine, uh, for 95 from the floor, like not just threes, like everywhere, you know, Reggie's shooting 27%, you know, Dorian's doing a little bit better, but like Dorian's never going to be a volume shooter. Like we need these guys who are going to really put up points. So it's just, this is, this sucks. It's, it's, I don't know where. Yep. Yep. This sucks. That's the best way to to explain this. But all right, Kirk, that's all I got for you. Appreciate you coming up. Have a good night. Okay. Coming up next, we have Remember, and I'm going to bring up folks whose names I don't see as often. Oh, hey, Grayson, you were just uh, DMing me. So now I'm going to invite you up on stage. What's up, dude? Hit that unmute button. You have a very good uh, uh, profile photo there of, of Luca and Assassin's Creed. Hit the unmute button if you can. All right, I'll bring you back up later when you figure it out. Um, coming up next is a different Grayson. Grayson Moore, how are we doing? I I got all excited the first time. Um, right, two Graysons. <laughs> thanks for bringing me up. Uh, you know, we can talk about this year, and this this looks like it's going to be a disappointment. My my main concern has already grown to like the roster construction in general just hasn't proven to be good enough over the course of Lucas tenure here. And uh, Lucas is not Dirk and uh, he's going to, he looked pissed tonight. Like he looked pretty peeved off tonight. And uh, you know, I know he's not in the best shape, but this season isn't all on him. In fact, I mean, he's getting guys so open. Uh, so I don't know. I worry that uh, we're two years from him requesting a trade and getting at best like a, a B player and a couple of late first round picks for him. She's pretty much my worst nightmare. Well, um, so I don't know. They got to keep him happy, but I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get concerned. Well, so I wouldn't worry about the specifics of Luca being unhappy, but I would worry about Luca being unhappy. Um, they're, the frustration, like like some of the passes that he's giving, it's just his defense suffers so much when they're not hitting shots. And and it, he was so visibly frustrated, but at the same time, I'm just like, you know, you're a superstar. You're the $207 million man. Like, life isn't fair, but sometimes things work against you. And I, I he just, he needs to, he needs to do more all the same. Um, but a lot of it comes back to roster construction. But you know what? He also bears some responsibility for not saying, go get better people. If you want the money and you want the responsibility, then you need to put it on the owner and put it on management to do better. And instead, they just kind of, you know, there's always a reason. I hear it. I, I, I understand the logistics, that things are difficult. But if it wasn't hard, then it wouldn't be worth it. And there's just... This is the stuff that Josh and I have talked about since 2019. And the people who hate me who really hate me as opposed to, you know, I don't know, the front office, like seem to think, ah, oh, just, Kirk just keeps repeating himself. It's because I'm right. You know, don't screw up for two straight off seasons. What they, you know, I know we don't, we don't need to revisit all this again, but going back to 2019 where they traded Harrison Barnes to create all this artificial cap space, which they then didn't use is something that Mark Cuban should be hit over the head with. I pulled a quote from a friend of the program, Matt Moore today, where he aggregated Cuban back in 2013, where Mark said, oh, you know, we're better without Dwight Howard. After selling the franchise for two years on why Dwight Howard mattered. Like, everybody just takes what these what this team throws at them and accepts it as gospel. Like, part of why we all like basketball is because basketball is a simple game that's hard to execute well. But we all understand it. And like this really basic concept of if you want to win more games, go find better players. We're just going to keep talking about this until they do it is the thing. Yeah, I agree. And uh, you kind of touched on it, but my only other point is that 
the spacing is getting really bad because no one's making wide open shots and it's starting to get to the point where the defense would rather just double Luca and potentially leave Dorian open. And that that's a really good way to piss off the superstar is to miss so many shots that you draw doubles to him. Uh, I just, I don't know. I'm worried about that long term. This season, I don't know. I mean, if this season's a disappointment, it's a disappointment, but it's, it's going to be nothing compared to the gut check. Well, do you want to know the dumb part? The Here, here's the dumb part. They play the Pelicans, the Pelicans, and the John Morantless Grizzlies. So there's a reasonable expectation that they could go 3-0 over this stretch, even though the Grizzlies are pretty feisty. Even, But it's like, you know, I'm, I'm reluctant to overreact too much in a forum where, you know, it's like nobody, like, like the podcasts, like the listens, like we get like 40% less listens whenever the Mavericks lose. People are just like, fuck this, I'm done. Um, and so like, like nobody's really going to hear this outside of the people who are kind of, you know, looking to to commiserate. And so, you know, this could all be for naught when they're back to four games over 500 in a couple of days. It's just for me and for, for a lot of us who watch all these games, like they keep losing in similar fashion and it's just, it's not fun. Like I want, like you know, we were all clamoring for Moses. We thought it'd be funny, and instead, it was just like a variation on a theme where the Mavericks have three big guys that are just not any good at modern basketball, despite being huge. Yeah, I totally agree, Kirk. Uh, I'll let other other people talk. Just promise me you'll keep dunking on Mark Cuban because it doesn't get done enough, and this is all his fault. <laughs> well. It's funny. Someone asked me recently about that and about like, like, you know, it's like, why are you going to keep, you know, fighting the tide, so to speak? And I'm, I know Mark's not going anywhere, but I, where I really want to get to with this is that more people, like, I'm very close to start referring to him as general manager slash owner Mark Cuban because he, he needs to wear a lot more of this responsibility. He said stuff like this off the record from the, you know, like behind closed doors that he thinks he's the GM, which he is. But it's just like the and and you know people who are only Mavs fans don't really seem to understand that that's not normal. Like Steve Ballmer, for all his weirdness, is not walking into meetings going, "I'm the one who put together this team." You know, I'm sure James Dolan, Mike, he's a total lunatic, but even he tends to get out of the way. Anyway, okay, coming up. Good lord, we have a long list. Um, let's try the other Grayson again since he was trying to get in here. Grayson, hit that unmute button down there at the bottom when you. Have hey, I up. think I got. I think I got it now. How are you doing today? Besides the fact that the Mavs uh, lost to the goddamn Mavs, <laughs> um, so my my big thing was is I was a uh, big anti Jason Kidd uh, hiring move. Um, I thought it should have been Mosley, like a lot of us probably here. And while I'm not exactly thrilled with the way that we're playing right now, I kind of can't blame anything on Kidd due to the fact that we're just missing. Tons of open shots, but I'm here to dunk on uh, Mark Cuban as the other Grayson so politely put on. Um, I'm just kind of fed up with the fact that I think he's never been in a situation where he's not the smartest one in the room. And I think he's a little out of his depth when it comes to being uh, an owner slash GM. And it kind of parallels a little bit to the Cowboys in a little bit where we have another GM owner like Jerry Jones. But it seems like Jerry Jones at least kind of understands the trends of the sport and unlike Mark, he just kind of does what he wants to do because, you know, he's the billionaire who's never been wrong about anything in his life. And it's just incredibly frustrating that we still have certain players like Dwight uh, and other players that have been on this roster for a while and just haven't really done a whole lot of growth and just seem to not fit some of the modern game. And I'd like for you to, you know, chat a little bit, but I don't really see us having a lot of moves potentially to be made. There's not a whole lot of assets on this roster. And hopefully with a Luca team, you're not going to be exactly in the lottery. So I don't know without free agency, which we suck at, how we build a better roster to be, to be competitive in the long run. Mm, mm. This is difficult because this is where like there, there, you know, there are three main agency, uh, main avenues to improving your team, the NBA draft, free agency and player development, basically. Um, and well, I guess trades too. It, it, the, so four, um, the Mavericks don't care about the draft. They have not ever cared about the draft. There's a, they, they've gotten probably four reasonable, four good to reasonable drafts in the last 20 years that I can think of. Um, it just limits them. 
free agency. Um, they've never been good at free agency. Uh, maybe they will be one day, but they're not good at it. Uh, trades, they used to be pretty good. And then Donnie Nelson won a championship and stopped really caring. Um, and then player development, which is what the Mavericks told us to sort of deal with this year. And I mean, I'm not really sure at this point, I feel like they've held on to some of their assets a little too long. And by, I should, I don't like talking about, I, I, I'm trying to curb myself from the tendency of talking about players as assets. But when you talk about like Maxi Dorian, Jalen Brunson to a degree, um, Maxi, uh, Maxi Kleba, even Dwight Powell, who has some positive value at, at a certain point. They just hold on to guys past the expiration date. The Celtics had the same problem. You have to be willing to take risks. And, you know, I, I, there's a lot of Mavs Moneyball commenters. There's one guy in particular I always remember. He's like, well, I'm just I'm really proud of, like, the guys that they've developed. Like, well, being proud is great, but, you know, I'm, I'm not here to be proud. I'm here to, for them to win a championship. I'm here to, you know, see some progress and something different. And, you know, like, the NBA is all about movement now, and they just don't have a – like, they've not done anything in a long time. I don't know. And there's so much dysfunction and it just always gets kind of hand waved that Luca will be here because Luca was, you know, Luca's a, a European like Dirk. And like, I don't think he's married to this city. He wants to win basketball games and things are going to get grumpy sooner rather than later, unless they actually start showing some real tangible progress. The one thing that I kind of think is very different when you brought up the Boston uh, example was they, they punted on Isaiah Thomas pretty early when they had an opportunity. You know, obviously medicals were involved with that, but I would just never think that the Mavs would ever have the balls or just the kind of cutthroat instinct to cut ties when they see a better opportunity. I feel like Mark likes the idea of being uh, someone that, you know, values loyalty maybe to a fault and, He's one of the guys that's like, oh, look at the way that we have all the names on the court. Like, that's all cool and stuff. But, you know, players don't really care that much to me. Like being on the court, you know, players want to win and players want to have an owner that values that the most. And I just don't know if maybe Mark's become complacent complacent since 2011 or maybe I'm just overreacting to a, a regular season basketball game, which happens a lot. But I don't know. It's just very frustrating. And, um Besides Dorian and Maxi and Jalen, I don't really know who we've developed a lot. And it's not like they haven't developed a lot, but those aren't all-star players. You know, Jalen's going to get paid this summer by someone. But, I mean, Dorian's a proper seventh to eighth man on a on a contending team, not, you know, your starting wing. And I just don't think we have enough, you know, top-level talent to warrant keeping a hold of the roster that we have. And no, we seem to give definitely and we, don't. And we seem to give bad not bad contracts, but you know, we a little bit overpay for people that wanna be in Dallas. And I get that we need to keep as much talent as we can in the city, but you know, I just don't ever think that we go out and attract any kind of, you know, game changing talent ever. And even the the Harrison Barnes trade, that was absolutely atrocious and now i'm seeing that we're thinking about going back in for him with sacramento and that's just absolutely disgusting that we traded him for pretty much josh or justin jackson and then flipped him for nothing and then now he's on our g league team like i just feel like we consistently just make the worst moves at the possible time over and over again you know it's just been it's it's losses like tonight exacerbate previous frustrations. Um, that's, you know, that's why we talk about these things instead of tweeting about them. So thanks yeah. for hanging out, Grayson. Glad you hey. figured out the app. No, we're good. Uh, I'll be around more to hopefully talk more positive Mavs in the future. So okay, we'll cheers. See. And uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> thanks a lot. All right. <laughs> that's that part now in the chat notes, never tweet, which is good advice. Um, okay. I wanted to see there's name Scott. Scott, it's late at night. You have many children. What are you doing hopping in here so late? Hit that unmute button there at the bottom and uh, speak your piece. Scott's relearning how to use the app. There yeah, um, <clears throat> sorry. Hey, CBA, CBA Mavs here. Man, this game sucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I uh, Yeah, thanks for inviting me up. I really appreciate it. This is my first time up here. So, man. Just reliving all those trades in the comments about going back from 2000. And you're right, man. It just went from the 2000 draft when they had, I mean, if you remember, Donnell Harvey, Corey Alexander, 
Eton Thomas and then switched them out for Juwan Howard all the way to the point where they got Kidd and all those guys, man. It was you're right. They need they need to get back to that trading. I feel like this DEFCON two scenario right now where we're just kind of almost near nuclear war was what I put That's up a, on my Twitter account. Well, it's a good thing they here? have a front. Yeah, it's it's a good thing they have the Mavs uh, front office is filled with veteran officials who have been part of trades and such before. Wait, wait, wait a second. Our general manager is a former shoe executive. Fantastic. I really see great things in the future. Yeah, yeah, I I really think they need to be aggressive. I think that you you and Josh have really harped on it so much over the years about how they've always wanted to win. You know, they always want to win. The, you know, every little transaction has to be like they, if it's slightly positive, they'll pull the trigger. It's like somebody who's trading Bitcoin or something. I don't know. It just seems like they continually want to make every little win when you sometimes have to lose in order to get gain in the right direction. And they, they, they need to switch tracks or something because right now this team, every, I mean, all of us see it. When we, when we see a team like even the Cleveland Cavaliers and there are three men that are seven foot, we just get stifled completely. And you know what? I think the problem with Bullock and Richardson has been the same thing that you see on Twitter with Danny Green. Anytime you have a guy who's just like a low usage shooter, it's like all the fans basically ride on their makes and misses. And that's where we are. You know, when Bullock misses, you know, trade him. When he makes it, it was like, this is amazing. And they've been well, missing a lot. Well, I mean, Bullock is a tough one because the data on him is so hilariously stark where he looks like rookie year Dorian Finney-Smith in October and November. And then by January, he's Ray Allen. And it's not I, – I, we have Matthew, who who is one of our writers, is is covering this, but – it's not like a slight it, – it, he's old enough and it's been in the league long enough where it's it's like it's real. It is beyond weird. It's like I'm still hopeful that they figure some of this out, but it's just – I don't know. It feels like they're trying to recapture the magic of that 2019-20 start where they were 16-5, and five, and then they did play really well after, after Powell went down, uh, Porzingis particularly, and then the season shut down because the world shut down. And they're just they, – it feels like they've been trying to recapture some magic for going on two years now, and the league mm. changed. They, I, I promise you – I don't know how I know this. I don't remember where I heard this. Maybe I do remember where I heard this, and I just shouldn't be repeating it. But the Mavs thought they had something that the league wasn't going to catch up to in 2019-20. Well, the rules have already changed, so that's kind of negated some of the things that they were were pushing for. And then, you know, Luca, while taking a particular leap, has actually not really gotten that much better in either season since. Um, you know, you could, there's a lot of reasons for this. There's still plenty of time for him to be like if he retired right now. I wonder if he'd go into the Hall of Fame because his 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 list of accolades is so ridiculous. But he's not, you know. There's not like this extra element to Luca's game past the mid range from last year, which I've not seen a lot of this year. Um, and so it's just like these are, they're the same dudes and the same dudes in various varying states of regress. Um, and it's not really any fun to watch anymore. And, uh, also you said you wanted to be mad about something else. Well, watching Moses Brown tonight, I feel like, did you play Halo back in the early 2000s when it was before they had the Xbox actual <laughs> connection and you could play, but like one person was the host and the other person was playing on the other person's like server. It's like you always wanted to be the host because then if you were not the host, then you'd kind of glitch a little slow. And that's how Moses Brown plays. It's like he mm. plays a little bit behind the play. So he yeah. always can get scored on. NBA basketball is fast, and the game doesn't slow down for bigs for a while. He just has this benefit of being friggin' Stretch Armstrong. Like, that dude puts his hands up in the air, and he can touch the sky. But it was just like, like you watch Jared, Jared Allen in comparison to him, and, like, there's a basketball player, and then there's a basketball prospect. Like, that's the – it was just such a stark comparison. And making Allen look like, you know, prime Shaq, he had 28-14, like, and then the, you know you get all the Mavs cute social media things. I tell Mavs Twitter we're doing it for them. It's like shut up and win basketball games. Good lord. <laughs> oh man, well I really appreciate you bringing me up, man. I hope they make some trades. It'll make my Twitter account a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, relevant. <laughs> right. You want to talk about some stuff? All right. Thanks, man. <sighs> all right. Talk to you soon. All right, man. Have a good one, dude. All right, coming up next, um, remember, guys, I'm going to try to get to folks whose names I don't recognize as often. So coming up next is Max. How you doing, Max? 
Good. How are you doing, Kirk? I am okay. What do you got for us today? Well, I'm going to kind of repeat some things that other people said, but I never, if you would have told me in 2001 to 2011 that Jerry Jones would be the better owner, I don't think I would have believed you, but I think <laughs> I'm at that point. Uh, it's, it's crazy that 2011, when the Mavs won the championship, may be the year that actually broke Mark Cuban. <laughs> because even though he won that year, he was so just just taken by the way Miami built a team and the star power and all of that that he gave up the model that had been so successful for a decade previous. He talked about making the trades, doing all the roster churning, and they put all their eggs in the basket of wanting to land a big free agent. And it, I mean, it's really keeping with his personality. It's a guy that's trying to do, what, two or three reality shows? And always wanting his name in the headlines, that it really has become this is the only way we build a team, and this is kind of what we have. Well, I mean, it's, it's, we should have all burned it down when, you know, they went into 2011 and they said, you know, and I'm talking post championship, or they right. said, we've got the smartest guys in the room. Exactly. We're going to, we're going to outwit the CBA. And we're going to win everything. We're going to win all the small moves. And they didn't do any of that instead. Um, the only place they won is that Dirk took less money. And so I'm pretty, you know, Cuban and Donnie had a lot of interesting partnerships in the, in the, or uh, had a lot of interesting stuff that they did in the 2000s. And then that just went away after that, frankly. I, I don't know why. I don't know where the genesis was. I am pretty, I feel pretty okay saying now that Mark Cuban feels a lot more responsible for that than anybody. I mean, they took that chance on, on Tyson Chandler. Sometimes your bets pay off. I really get it. But it's just at, at, at the end of the day, like the, the league changes faster than people realize and they have needed to do better for some time. Um, uh, one of my favorite stories the last couple of months is, you know, Haralba Bulgaris went on ESPN and basically said Donnie Nelson stormed out of the draft room. The Mavericks never pushed back on that. And the Mavs push back on everything when they don't like a story. So what that tells me is that it was true. And I've also been told that they tried to then get Donnie to send, uh, to sign an extension. Donnie should have been fired the next day because that draft is going to be one we're going to worry about for a long time. They missed Three possible bites at the apple, and they don't get very many of those. Um, and there's just like this is this is how you lose a superstar. I don't want to talk about that yet. I don't think we should panic, but it's just you watch what the the Pelicans did with Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis is is not as good as Luca, so this is a different deal. But there was kind of a straight line of of stuff where you can tell with Anthony Davis. He, he, they made too many moves too quickly trying to win too soon. And there's an aspect of that in what the Mavericks have done, to which is why they flatlined, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, am I still there? Yeah, you're here. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it goes back to what you were saying, too, about creativity. So two of the last three off seasons, the Mavericks have entered with as much money as just about anybody in free agency and subsequently did nothing with it. Yeah. So, you know, you go back to, to two years ago, they had the max space before re-signing Porzingis. Basically did nothing but do but get Seth Curry, which ended up being nice, and traded him away for Josh Richardson. This last year, they have, I think, the third most cap space going in there. Chicago had much less than them. And I'm not saying Chicago. We'll see how all of that bears out. But at least Looking they did pretty some good. creative. Yeah, they did some some creative things and ended up adding three players and I would have been happy with just one of those three players that they ended up with, but somehow with less cap space with it was able to be creative enough to add three people who would obviously start for the Mavericks right now. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And I don't know. I read too much man's material. Like that's part of the problem with all of us in this room. Cause if you're on an app this late, you're kind of weird. And I mean that in the best way possible, everybody, Oh yeah. So, but I, it's I, like, I you, you, you read all this stuff. And he, he, you know, Cuban keeps giving interviews where he talks about he like I have four separate interviews that I have saved in my computer where Cuban talks about how players want to come play with Luca. Right, ain't seeing it, ain't seeing yeah. it. So, well, thank you, man. Appreciate you coming oh, up. You got anything else? Appreciate it. No, no. I mean, again, the, the one thing I will say that that will add on to this is, like most people in this chat, I was not wild about the Jason Kidd hire. But I really don't blame him for, for much of this right now. I think you had one of the best tactical coaches 
in the league last year, and it wasn't getting much better out of this roster. This is a roster problem, not a coaching problem. It's not absolving kid of things. I still don't understand some of the rotations. I don't know why Maxie's not starting, but I, I don't think there's a magical elixir with this roster that's going to have much different results. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So coming up next, thanks very much for participating, Max. All right. Coming up next, um, let's see here. Somebody else's name I don't recognize. There's one more. Drew. Drew, welcome. How are you? Hello. Can you hear me? I can. You sound great. Okay. Yeah. Just a couple. Can we trade Christos for Jared Allen tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, he's a fun big man. Uh, the, the, it's, it's, it's a difficult deal. He's just... He 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 does all the things that the Mavericks need right now. He he really does, and it, and I was kind of frustrated even back into Luca's uh, rookie season when they had a shot to keep that draft pick, and I was so kind of irritated at that point. I'd have played Luca and just all a bunch of kids with them and just kept losing. So you got that draft pick because they were like two spots away from it when. Uh, I think Atlanta got Cam Reddish. They could have kept that. Yeah. I think top five, they could have kept that draft pick. And they put, they had a bunch of veterans that they got in there and they tried to win just to what, get close to the playoffs. I mean, that made no sense to me at all. So many of the things that they've done just kind of did, has not made a lot of sense. Uh, the same thing with this roster. Like you say, you know, I mean, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. You know, they've, they've just kind of rotated the same kind of players. You know, I mean, could they have I mean, gotten so literally the same players <laughs> like Anthony, Car- Anthony Caruso? I mean, he's one that you could have, you know, kind of got. What, they weren't what interested in him. They weren't yeah. they weren't interested in any of these players. I mean, that's the thing. It's like the Mavericks act like they're the only bell at the ball. And, you know, our, our man Xavier's in the chat saying you can't force free agents to sign here. But one thing you can do is act like you give a shit. And wine and dine and maybe go out and make a case, talk to lots of people, play the pre-agency game, which Donnie Nelson, frankly, did not do. Um, there's lots of stuff they could have done differently. And it's just I, I hate beating it to death because people don't want to hear it anymore. But it's just, you know, there's got to be some kind of accountability at hand here. You know, Mark Cuban ran, you know, we, we learned this in the sexual uh, harassment scandal is that they ran a front off. They ran a back office, which had no rules. And then with Raw boss, boss leaving the organization, they had a front office that had no rules. So at a certain point, there is one and one person responsible, and he manages to never take any grief for it, except on these green rooms. Yeah, well, I think with with Cuban, I mean, he's got to he's got to realize, you know, I mean, he's a tech guy, made his billions in that. That basketball, I mean, he's not a savant basketball mind or whatever. Hire good people and let them do their thing. Not try to meddle like some of these owners do. I mean, your best owners, I mean, look at Robert Kraft in New England. He hired Bill Belichick and he gets the hell out of the way and just lets, lets great people do great things. You know, that's, I, I, these owners that meddle that have made money doing other things think they're all of a sudden going to be great at this. It, it never seems to work out well, but you no. know, but he got that one championship and I guess he's living off that. But like, like you, and I, it's the same thing that you guys are saying all along. There's, you know, Chicago managed to do it. They don't even have a top five player, not even a top 10 player. There's that, to, you know, try to keep Zach Levine. They, they made a bunch of moves and it looks like a lot of things that they're are paying off. The Dallas needs to do something like this and they need to shake this, this up because they got until Lucas about 25 and he's not going to be wed to this organization. I mean, look at LeBron. LeBron was a Cleveland kid, you know, hard, hard. But after, after a while, you got to say, I, I got to go because I, I got to win, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. thank you, Drew. Appreciate the comments. And, and you no, got it. Thanks. Don't, don't ever worry. Anybody that comes up on stage here, don't ever worry about repeating stuff because part of group therapy is getting it out. Because what I found is that when I spend more time on social media, I end up getting madder. But when, and, but when I talk to you guys, you feel a lot better. That's the point we're talking about it. I mean, my wife got sick of hearing it, which is primarily why I started the podcast. So you can really blame her. Okay. Coming up next, we have a special guest. Everybody welcome, uh, Seth Part now, uh, contributor to the athletic, athletic. He has a new book out, which every single one of you should go by, called The Mid-Range Theory. It is a brilliant book where he makes complex concepts make sense, which is, you know, that sort of thing is what I need more of in my life. Seth, how you doing? Good. Uh, where, can I, where can I drop you uh, five bucks for that intro? <laughs> You're my friend. I've already bought your book. I bought your book. I didn't ask for a... a, a 
Oh, that's, uh, I, I, well, thank you. Um, how, how are you doing? I'm better um, now. I was pissy when I start the room. Yeah. That's how these things always are. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's rough. It's, it's, you know, I think we've all been there where it's, it's just the, the thing, you know, you're someone earlier mentioned the, the definition of insanity, you know, trying the same thing over and over again, like five mediocre centers on the roster. And, and I know I've, I've, I've come on your show before and talked about that, but, you know, bring it up again. And then like, you know, the, the one tonight is like starting of those five, you start Moses Brown. It's like, you know, it's like, what, what are we doing here? But um, the thing I, I, I kind of, I was listening along and the thing that I wanted to just, you know, uh, second and pitch in on is the thing that, that um, it's sort of unsurprising that as, as uh, like, you know, Donnie aged, I guess that the, Sorry about that. Did I mute myself? I did. No, you're yeah. good. You're good. No, I wanted to just talk, like, it's not surprising that sort of as Donnie aged, they stopped playing on the margins. And that's, like, you want to talk about the, you know, okay, some big moves haven't worked out. I don't think, even in retrospect, I don't think you can really, like, complain about the Porzingis move. I think that was a, a very solid move at the time um, for what they gave up and considering that they also brought in Hardaway. Right, pretty good gamble. Yeah. It's still a gamble, but it like, and from what we've kind of learned later, they really called asking about Hardaway, not about Porzingis, and it just yeah. which, but they, but they, but like the small things like that you're talking about, the building up of you know, I the building up of of and like you, I've tried to get away from using this kind of language, but it's hard not to almost like building up the the the, the trade assets, the, the 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 materials with which you build a team. Um, like, you know, the, 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 the best orgs in the league, you know, your Toronto's, your Miami's, your whoever, they go find guys. And so that when the, then when they need to trade for a guy, they have, they have a guy that people want and, you know, and, you know, okay. Mavericks have, have that in some degree in, in Jalen Brunson, but as someone else pointed out, like in, you know, not too long, he's going to be paid fairly. And, then that's that's you know he's still a good player, but he's not a he's not something you you put into a trade and and expect to get like win now value for. And so that that's I think the the someone said that they they were trying to win every deal. If they're just trying to win every deal, that, things would be great. The thing is, is they try to win every deal, like get a buck fifty for a buck on every deal. Uh, and I can you know from experience kind of say that they that they were kind of notorious for sort of coming in last minute and trying to shake you down for a deal instead of the, the, the places that tend to get stuff done. It's a process. Like a deal doesn't come through the Porzingis deal coming through fast is pretty unusual. Usually it's, you know, a lot of touching base, a mm-hmm. lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, checking in on stuff and then, and then so you're ready when something happens. You've already talked about all the scenarios. You know what the scenarios are. You've already gamed them. And then, so you know what, what you'll say yes to. Um, and for context Mavs, guys, for context guys, just so we're not, we're not going to blow up what he did or where and, and et cetera. But Seth literally worked in an NBA front office. So <laughs> he kind of. Yeah, so that's like you know, long story short, like that, those are the kinds of things that that you want to see. And now, will the new regime start to do that? I don't know. Expecting him to have already done that now is, I think, um, you know, I, I don't think that's a fair expectation. Well, and and that, it, it, that's why, like, how they went about this because it, it really seemed like Cuban's hand was forced. So by the time everything happened, there was nothing for them to do. Any any deal that happened in free agency was likely done before, you know, there's the month, I guess, between when the Mavericks lost in free agency. A lot of those discussions that are like, every, everyone's playing that game, so play that mm-hmm. game, you know? It's not like, oh, my God, I can't believe there's ten. Have, have you had your eyes open for the last five off seasons? Of course right. there's been, like, oh, man, I just, you know, the, you know, you know what uh, – the orgs that are whining about, like, oh man, I didn't even know that he was available. Those are the crap orgs. 
Well, I mean, that, that's, that's, that is maybe kind of part of my beef because the Mavericks might be one of those crap organizations because in 2019, they celebrated the start of free agency by taking Chris Stapps Porzingis to dinner while all the deals got done. And then after the fact, they went on the record and said that they were surprised at how quickly everything happened. And if you are willing to say that, you're basically saying, I'm surprised and don't know how to do my job. Yeah. No, that's, that's like, that's, that's not good. <laughs> It's, 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 kind it's, of, it's kind of amazing. That's, I mean, that's, that's basically, yeah, you're, ba- you're basically saying exactly what you said. We're not actually doing the job. We're, we're, we're here. We're playing, you know, Marcus of Queen, of Queensbury rules when everyone else is in a street fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it is what it is. I'm, 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 you know, we have fans and you've heard some of this where it's like people building towards, being very worried about how they're handling Luca. And you'll hear from organizations and from kind of more team friendly media that that's not something we should think about. And that's just not how this, that's not the world we live in. It is not. You see a not very good player. I, I, I don't, I don't agree with you there in, in okay. as far as if you just do, if you do the other stuff right, that'll take care of itself. Sorry. Okay. So you, no, that makes sense. But I'm, I'm just kind of at the point now where I'm looking at the moves and I've not really found a thing that they've done right other than the fringe player development. You know, it's really great that they've gotten these value signings with a guy like Dorian and then a guy like Maxi Kleber, but they hang their hat on that. Like that's all that they've needed to do. And that's just not the case. No, like, like con- conjuring a, like a, a good seventh man from nowhere is good. Yes. But- like for, but then you need to, you know, then you also like the, you said earlier about the, I'm proud of the guys they've developed. That's great. But either you develop them into like a top 50 player and then they help you. Then they're, they're a guy who, a guy who really like moves the needle in the playoffs or you package them in deals to get those players. Like that's, that's how the NBA works. Like now I, I mean, I, I'm pretty, I do not know this, but I have a just weird feeling based on how Cuban has talked that they signed a bunch of these guys hoping that they would be able to trade for a pissed off Giannis Attentacumpo. And that just, you know, then he signed his mega max and they were not prepared for that. And so we're sort of stuck in this no man's land where they've, sent out all this capital for Porzingis, who has been okay. He he looked obviously looked good recently, but I'm talking about like the whole deal. And then they don't really have a much else to show for it other than some of these people that they've re-signed. And so it's just it's difficult. And then they're told, you know, and this is why I get on these and host these rooms, is like they then have a media campaign where they essentially tell the fan base, you were wrong to have any expectations, no matter what Mark goes and tells the, you know, we're going to do great this year, big things are happening, yada, yada, yada. No, it's it's and, and that that that's sort of a, a a similar point. You know, you're talking about you know falling in love with your own guys, falling in love with your 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 sort of pet scheme, and mm-hmm. it, it's sort of again, I don't want to compare everyone to Toronto, but like that's that's the right. obvious comparison point. I think they're the best organ in, in the league, and they're not they're not uh, you know building up this stuff to go after one guy they're building up stuff to go after a guy i don't know who's going to be available in two years i don't know who's going to get mad maybe i mean you know but but when that guy does we're going to be in the conversation and that's that's uh that's the mindset rather than that guy that guy he's going to be mad and we're going to trade for him even though everyone else is trying to also and we've assembled the contracts to do so but we have the other stuff we need no Mm -hmm. and instead i think what's What's going to go down is they're going to get their books and, and uh, they're going to get their draft capital in order because they owe the 2023 pick to New York next year. And then they're going to say, OK, well, we have all this stuff. Now we can do something. And unfortunately, you're going to have like a 27 or 28 year old Chris Tapps Porzingis who and, and I know, you know, we watched him get hurt tonight as an ankle roll. It is what it is. He'll probably play in a couple of games, but he's definitely going to miss time because there were like he's a seven foot three guy who has biomechanics problems. He's not going to roll out there on a taped ankle. Just it's not. That's you hope not, you hope not at least. Right, you hope not because he he when he plays hurt he plays bad and then he hurts well, and then he gets hurt again. Yes, yeah, and so it's just it's it, it, all this time like my my kind of beef and I wrote about this earlier this week where it's like I feel like the Mavs have been waiting for something but I don't know what it is that they're waiting for. Um, and this is I don't know it, it, this this the last two losses you know you watched this one tonight these last two losses have just 
really kind of, you know, tore a scab off where I'd been hoping that, okay, they're, they're winning ahead of their expectations. Like they have a negative point differential. There's something they can build on and maybe they just need to shake off the funk. And instead they got slapped two games in a row to really expose them for the fact that they just might not be anything more than a, you know, six to 10 Western conference, you know, play in slash playoffs team, at and, least as they're constructed. And, you know, since we're real talk here, then they're, and they're not like a, even though, even with, this is the most damning thing I think is even with Luca, they're, they're not like a lower seed that you're scared of. Cause there's too many, there's just too many guys you just don't care about. If you're, if you're planning to play them. Right. Right. There's, there's, you know, there's not enough guys you have to react to and too many guys you can react off of almost Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, but you know, so sorry for, for, for not, uh, for, I I guess I went anti-therapy on you. I was, I was fine. This is what like, we love these. We love these. This is what we do in these. You know, one time I, one time I, I, I made a joke at like, you know, an hour and 10 minutes into one of these. If, if like, you know, Dorian Finney Smith getting to shoot was like part of a make a wish charity. Like I don't, you know, th- th- these are fun. We're like sports are fun. And it's always nice to hear about this stuff from somebody who doesn't, who isn't a Mavs fan because you've had this sort of see and look at what we're doing. And the fact that you've told some of us that we're not that crazy is therapy in and of itself. Well, yeah, no, you're basically all of your complaints, I think, are, are, are valid. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, at, at a certain point, it becomes an organizational thing. And, you know, um, one title 10 years ago is looking pretty aberrational. So I'm sad to say. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, buddy. I appreciate you joining late at night. You have a good uh, one. All right. Absolutely. Okay, coming up next, we're going to get a couple more people, and then I should go to bed because I have to work tomorrow. Um, Sam, didn't get you the last game, I don't think. How you doing? I'm good. You got me this time? Yeah, I did. How you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm doing all right. And, yeah, I'll, I'll try to make mine quick as well because uh, he last guy pretty much made almost all the points I wanted to make. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, but it's all good. That's all good. But, um, yeah, first point, like, like you kind of said earlier, I guess, you know, with the benefit of with the West being as pretty much as weak as it's ever been in the last five or ten years, besides what Golden State, Phoenix, and I guess you could say Utah, everybody's pretty much right there. So you're just like a, you know, a five game winning streak away from being fourth. Well, you could be fourth right now tonight probably because New Orleans is destroying the Clippers. So, <laughs> so, so I mean, that, that's one benefit, but otherwise it's, can you hear me? Oh yeah, you're good. Okay, sorry, I said I was muted. Um, but um, yeah, just I, I I will keep saying it, and I'll keep saying it, and I'm gonna keep saying it again and again and again. Like Miami got Jimmy Butler with no cap space, <laughs> you know, like they had no cap space and they figured it out. Chicago, they didn't have a, they had a lot of cap space, but they figured it out. Hell, look at Laurie Marketing, another guy we could have tried to get. We didn't want him. Look at him. He seems to be keeping eyes. They did want. They did want him. There were discussions around. It's just that 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 Chicago wasn't. Lauren um, Lauren Gunn actually reported on that for us today. That the Mavericks did engage, and they just simply couldn't find a third team to make the money work. That's why um, JJ Redick went on his podcast and said that he was talked to that he might be getting like a sixteen million dollar windfall if he just wanted to quote play another year for some team, but it, it, it couldn't like, they just couldn't find it and bulls weren't willing to take on salary. And so it just didn't work out. But, so the maps did try, but it's just, they're, they're limited. You know, it's the, the, the consequences of their own decisions is they're limited by some. Okay. Well still. And then, and then on terms of that point with the, the last point, uh, player development, like I've said it before as well. Look at the Warriors. They had a guy like Jordan Poole. They've had a guys like now they have Gary Payton the second. They have guys that they've developed, and if they wanted to trade them, they could, and they could probably get a good piece for them. Like we don't develop nobody. Like I mean, no matter how good Dorian is, no matter how good Maxi is, I don't know if we can get anything significant for him that could help the team. I mean, just me sure. personally. So no, I mean, John, yeah, and Josh Green. Now that's a whole other story. So I don't even want to talk about that at this point. So it's like I feel like this team is. With a top five, I'll still say he's a top five player. Like, we're almost stuck in purgatory, and that's kind of sad. 
definitely is. With everything that we got right now. Yeah, like I said, I mean, with the West being bad, I mean, I don't think we're bad enough to where we'll just bottom out. So I'm pretty sure we'll make the well, see now I'm I'm second guessing myself, I don't know if we'll make the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) So I I like to think that we will make the playoffs. But I mean, if it's just a first round exit, which is funny because just look at the standards, we'll actually play the Clippers again, oddly enough. If (laughs) if it's just a first round exit at some point, you know, it's just the definition of insanity. You're just beating your head trying to think the same thing different and it's just not changing. So I don't know, but that's that's certainly not fun. This team is not fun to watch right now. And that, that kind of break, everything else stems from that. You know, they win three games in a row. Maybe we'll feel better by the end of the week. I doubt it, but you know, this is, this is just sort of where we are in a frustrating kind of sense of purgatory because they're, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna win enough by default where they can't bottom out, but they also might just be an easy first round exit. Like everyone's noting. Yep. That's well, thank you, Sam. Thanks. No problem. Have a good night, man. Too. All right. Um, anybody else? Nick, sorry, you've been waiting a really long time. I apologize, but you know, I'm just trying to get the folks ahead and see. Hey, Kirk. Oh, just annoyed. Um, <laughs> I uh, I try not to get too pissed off this early in the year, but it's really getting more and more difficult each each game. Um, I mean, honestly, my thoughts are first off. The Mavs organization is just cursed at center. I mean, I think part of that is just because the only like true dominant center that we've ever had, we let walk away twice. And it was for the most just bullshit reasons. Um, like that article that I saw you posted on Twitter today. Right, about, might have a chance with Dwight. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you let you let Tyson Chandler leave, you blow up a championship team, and then we spend ten years um chasing pipe dreams. So obviously that <laughs> that alone, in my opinion, makes it um you know, it just feels like a curse, man. <laughs> the Mavs can't get a center. I think that's our biggest issue. KP is not the guy. He can potentially play the four, but like we've talked about, the guy is not gonna be healthy. So I think you do what you can. You cut your ties with them. Uh, if you can trade them for anything at this point, I would. Even if it means that we'll be a worse version of our team this year, I think it's worth not having a great year this year to potentially keep Luca, um, or potentially get a better team around Luca before his deal is up or before he gets so pissed off that he requests a trade. Um, the other. I guess the other thing with this team is I just feel like we kind of ride on Tim Hardaway Jr. And because he's had such an awful, awful year so far, um, maybe a little bit, a bit of this. Um, <laughs> well, I, the center issue is not an overreaction, but I think maybe some of my frustration could potentially be an overreaction because if Tim can settle in and actually start looking like the guy we grew to know over the past couple of years, um, this team He's has gonna, a chance. He'll, he'll be okay. He'll be okay. It's the question kind of becomes, and and so maybe need to have Seth back up here to explain this to me, but it's like, I think we're going to expect them to come around. I can't, is it gambler's fallacy? I I can't remember what it's called, but it's like, I think we're going to expect them to come around in a way that somehow brings their numbers back up to the average when I think more likely is that at some point over the next 63 games, however many are left in the year, they each of these guys that are a mess right now will start shooting their season average from prior, which means their total for the year will likely be worse than it was last year. They're averaging instead of Tim shooting 39 he's or 41, whatever it was, he's going to shoot 37. But I promise you he's not going to shoot 31 all year. Um and they're they're gonna so it's like they're gonna be elements where these things swing back around and, and work in the Mavericks' favor, but it's not going to be. It, it it's a question of are those things enough to help them in these in these areas where they need to improve? Like you watch that game tonight, and I can't place my finger on which thing sucked the most. It's just such a a long list. Yeah, I totally agree. And and you know I'm sitting there watching the game thinking, put Luca on any lottery team right now and it's going to be better than this version of the Mavs 
I mean, can you imagine Luca on the Spurs or even on the Pelicans? I mean, I just, I really believe that you'd see some, a good, a much better team. And I don't know, I guess I'm trying not to get ahead of myself because I know that history tells us that Reggie Bullock will start making shots. I know Tim can play so much better than he's playing right now. So if those things can happen, I think we have a chance to win a playoff game. But ultimately, this team is so far away from a championship. And I think our biggest hole right now is center. And I just really don't know what the answer to that is, unfortunately. Um, I'd be curious to hear Xavier because I know he knows a lot more about cap space and, you know, options for free agents and whatnot. But yeah, I just, I have no idea what they do because KP is just not that guy in my opinion. Well, they, they, something got effed up towards the tail end of the off season. You don't opt into Willie Colley Stein when you have nine other centers on the roster, unless you think you can do something in a deal. And they, you know, I don't know the fact that they, they, they held on to uh green. They hid green from the world because he's not very good. Um, uh, what's what's his name out of Stanford was not was hidden from the world because he's not very good. Like there's just a lot of weird stuff that we thought might come together late, but the simple fact is, I think you know, in in hindsight, they they didn't have any packages for anyone. I, I don't know what they were trying to do. You know, it it will I will not move past the fact that the Mavericks, like that that Mark's uh, Tim McMahon reported that the Mavericks were not interested in paying um uh, our 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 man uh, Goran Dragic's salary. They weren't interested in paying that nineteen million. Why? What are you yeah, doing what, with the money? What the you hell? Paying is- these other dorks? Who cares? Find a way to make it work. At least that man would, you know, he would be the old man liaison between Kid and the rest of the roster to say, "Buck up!" When you're getting the shit kicked out of you on the by the Cavs on a random Monday in November. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. That's part of the reason why I was so heartbroken that they let JJ walk last year because at least. I mean, gosh, I'd rather have him who can only play half the time that can at least keep Luca in check. And, and I mean, that's the other thing. Like, Luca's 22. I mean, the guy is constantly crying and whining. Sometimes it's hard for me to even enjoy watching him. So we, I really think we need a veteran to kind of keep him in check. And, I mean, I know Luca's the guy, and I know he's going to lead this team. But, yeah, I'm with you, Well, man. it's, it's- – <laughs> That's the sort of thing we've been talking about for a while, where it's like he has every right to be unhappy with this roster. But there's a level of professionalism that he'll have to figure out at some point. And I, I know we're, we might be demanding too much of him too soon, but it's yeah. just part of it. It's just yeah, part of I it. Yeah, I get it. He's 22. I'm trying to be patient, but right. it, it is it is frustrating watching. I mean, and I just – I mean, obviously, I think everybody's fear is that he's going to get – it's so pissed off in the next few years that he's going to end up going to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And right as a Mavs fan, that's my worst nightmare, but <laughs> hopefully we can, we Mine can turn too. something around, but no, I, I, <laughs> I know too many Lakers yeah. fans. It would, it would be, it would be pain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank Especially you for coming on. And thank I you just, so much for waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks man. I'll get out of here. Have a good night. All right. All right. Appreciate it. Okay, coming up, uh, we got two more people. Let's uh, rapid fire. Brett, my longtime uh, calling man, how you doing? No, no problem. I've been enjoying listening. Uh, one thing is, I and I don't know, I don't know if this is correct or not. Are, you're from like Missouri or something like that? Yeah, I moved, in I moved to Dallas in '96, right as the right at the beginning of the Quincy Carter era. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I, I'm from Missouri. Um, I'm a fan of the St. Louis Cardinals as well, um, and the and I. I've all for the last couple of years I felt like similarities between the Mavs and the Cardinals in the sense that both won kind of fluky championships in like 2011 and have kind of coasted off that goodwill for a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, in, in similar ways, like when you talk about like the local media n- not, you know, kind of like giving ownership a pass. Obviously, it's like with with ba- like comparing it to baseball is different because in baseball, like you can simply just pay more money. Like that's obviously like that's what the Rangers are doing right now. Like they've just decided to spend a lot of money and like, you can't do that as much in basketball, but yeah, like what you're talking about with like, they don't want to pay like that extra, like an extra million dollars for, for, you know, for, for Dragic or whatever. Like that's just, 
It's kind of like like it's that's kind of a ridiculous thing that like. Well, I also just don't like hearing it. Like like you know, nothing gets in the media that Cuban doesn't want in the media, and it's like. Come on, you can't tell us that, and then watch this, and then it's just you know, like uh, that's that's. Yeah, I mean, another thing is, and this is like a minor thing that annoyed me because it was like after like the game was out of hand, and they decided to bring in Boban, and like, and and I think Josh tweeted something about like how kind of ridiculous it is that fans get like really excited in these blowout losses to see Boban, and like my personal feeling is that that is exactly why he's on the team that he's on the team for that purpose. So in those kind of moments that there is something for fans to cheer for, because you know, what you should do in that, those moments is play Moses Brown. Because like, I didn't, I don't want to see Moses Brown playing like in meaningful minutes. Like I know other fans do because you know, it's another, it's a different thing to complain about basically. Um, but like, there's no reason to play Boba in those minutes. Like this is what Carlisle did last year too. Like you, like you don't, like if you want to give him any game action at all, give him like game action in a in a real game instead of like playing on the legends. Um, and so that's just like a very minor thing that is just frustrating to me from like a like the perspective of a whole organization. Like every minute you that is out there matters to to some extent, and like you're just losing seven minutes with which to evaluate this player. Yeah. Yeah, and it it because when Boban's in the game, everything becomes about Boban, and then we had to watch Josh Green, and it's just like makes me hate Josh Green a little bit more. But it's not fair to him because he's not playing against guys that he you know he's not doing anything that he would actually do in a real situation. So, well, thank you, Brett. I I like this take about the the Cardinals. My wife is a Cardinals fan. She'll be mad mad at me. There we have we probably have a bunch of Rangers fans or Rangers adjacent people. That this is this is a good take. Because because they lost to the Rangers then. Yeah. Well, thank you. You got anything? Else? Oh no, I was gonna say yeah. I, I always see. I, I I almost brought that up before, but I was like, I I hesitate to bring that up because you know I do feel very bad for for Rangers fans for that series, and th- that's what I mean by like that was like a fluke of a series in which like they were not the better team and won. Um, but but it is that kind of like like you, you can coast off a championship for for a long time. Um. Mm-hmm. But but at some, but at some point like there has to be self respect you know I mean and, and then also like with the whole like like talking about Cuban I mean there is like when you're that rich like no one is ever going to like hold you accountable or to like for anything like for, e- externally but there are people like that like the Elon Musk of the world who desperately want to be liked by the public and like you have to like hope that at some level Cuban wants to people to think that he's you know smart. And then obviously there's people around him who tell him this, but like you have to get a critical mass of people to think that like who publicly will, will say like you know this guy's like not doing the right thing for him to you know change anything. Um, and I and so I like th- that's why I appreciate you fighting the good fight. Thank you. I'm gonna go tell Seth and I have one mutual friend, and anybody can probably figure it out. Sorry, I have apple pie in my mouth. Late night snack. You guys understand. Um, my uh, so one of Seth and I's very good friends has a tendency of being like, "Why do you keep talking about this?" And I'm like, "Just because I have to, man. It's part of the fabric. It's not that I don't like Cuban. It's that I want Cuban to do less, like I, I, just less, like do a little, you know." Anyhow, thanks so much, Brett. Um, all right, Christian, what do you got, my friend? Hey, Kirk. Um, so you know, just kind of seeing this season play out. I mean. Seeing Tim, I think he'll bounce back, but it's kind of one of the reasons I at least wanted to take a chance on someone like Lonzo. It seems the Chicago deal was going to happen and kind of inevitable, so doubt it would have worked. But kind of just in that same vein, I would like to see the possibility of, you know, if we could trade a Dorian – for a younger, maybe not as productive at this point, but some kind of potential future asset or anything like that, I think I'd be willing uh, to do it just because I think if you take Dorian out of this team, are we worse? Yes, Uh, especially not getting anything of some kind of real value in return but I just don't think it really alters the uh, end uh, or the 
the kind of final result or final product of where we're going to end this year. Uh, so I would like to see, you know, that kind of take place. And I saw some people mentioning it, um, but just in kind of listening to it, one of the main thing I wanted to mention coming up here is I really wish we actually got Haralabob as our GM. Um, I feel like he would have probably built something similar to Houston uh, when they had Harden, obviously. But I wonder, I just wonder what what that team and the aggressiveness he would have had um, had he been in that role. And I think we just need someone to shake it up. And I think the Nico hiring uh, is just kind of more of the same uh, in a sense because Cuban's not gonna not gonna give up that control. Yeah, I mean the Haralabob thing is pretty interesting because I think one thing you can definitively state about him is that he had a very clear vision for what he thought the team needed to do to succeed. But in hindsight, when you have a, a you know a, a wheel and deal and GM basketball legend like Donnie Nelson, and you have Mark Cuban whose ego you always have to appeal to, you, there's just too many cooks in the kitchen, and you know. Uh, it just wasn't going to work. I, I I tend to agree that I would at least would have liked to have seen it because the one thing that I have real problem with now and Cuban's really managed to cover himself in this aspect is it's hard to say who is actually at fault. Like you can look at the Portland trailblazers and say it is Neil O'Shea's fault for building a shitty team because he built a shitty team. Like there's no other questions surrounding it with the Mavericks. There's just enough to say, well, who's, 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 who did this? I mean, Rob Bob did that himself where he's like, why are people beating me up for the 2020 draft? And why aren't you kicking the crap out of Donnie for all the other bad drafts, which is a really good point. Um, but it's still, it's, it's just, it's muddy and it's difficult. I, I, I would have liked to have seen it in a vacuum. Um, but you know, Mark tends to, to, the, I, I mentioned this earlier in the show, the, the, the culture that they built there is intentional. I don't know if they, they mean it that way, but it just has bad results after 20 years. So, well, thank you for joining, Christian. I appreciate it as always, Kirk. Hope you have a great Me too. Okay, I saw one more request. Abdullah, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hit that unmute button there at the bottom if you got anything for us. All right. Well, we tried. Um, okay, guys, thanks so much for hanging out late night. Um, had some great, you know, I said it was going to be short. It's an hour and four minutes long. So that's the way things go sometimes. Um, everyone have a better week and we'll see you when they play uh, and hopefully kick the crap out of the Pelicans. Oh, Mavericks. What are you going to do with them? Bye guys. <laughs>